Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A in Kankakee. I'm Pastor Mike Hannell. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and receive a benediction. But before that, a few quick announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. For all of you who have been listening to our radio broadcast on WKAN Radio, you should have realized that our broadcast is now at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We hope that this time change will make it even easier for you to join us in this time around God's Word. Earlier in November, we had to suspend our in-person services because we were lacking in healthy people to lead those services. But after time for recovery and healing, the lay ministers and pastors are forecasting that we can resume in-person worship services again beginning Wednesday, December 2nd. These services will be conducted as we have been doing them with social distancing in our seating and mask recommendations. We also want people to know that they should stay home if they're sick or been around people who have been sick. We will continue to have weekend online services available, just as they have been, in addition to this WKAN radio service. For the midweek services in December, we will only have the sermon available, but not the entire service. We realize that not everyone is comfortable returning at this time, and that's okay. This is not meant to burden anyone's conscience. If you don't feel comfortable returning or have health reasons that would keep you away, please use some of the alternative ways to be part of our worship, such as the worship on our website, WKN, our Facebook stream, audio CDs of the sermons, or even our podcast. We urge you to keep up to date with us through our website, stpaulslutheran.net, and click the COVID-19 response link at the top of the page. Otherwise, you're welcome to call the church office to find out the latest information. And remember, you can access our online worship services anytime on our website. To do so, just go to our webpage, stpaulslutheran.net, and click Worship on the menu. And keep up with us on our Facebook page for more information of any changes that may become necessary. We pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. Similar to last week, our readings for this, the last week in the church here, are all focused about the end times. That is, about Christ's return, about the judgment of the living and the dead, about the resurrection. So those are themes that you're going to hear in our readings today. One thing that's added into our readings, though, is there's also going to be talk about shepherds and sheep. And so you'll sort of see how those two themes, the end and Christ's return, judgment, but also a talk of a shepherd sorting his sheep fit together. From the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 34, selected verses. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. 
I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is the word of our Lord. In our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians 15, we break a little bit from the sheep and shepherd theme that's going to be in the Old Testament and gospel readings. But nevertheless, Paul is writing about Christ's authority, about the judgment he shall have, and about the resurrection that comes because Jesus is the victor over even death. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him, who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading today follows immediately after our gospel reading from last week. If you remember, Matthew 25, we heard about the parable of the talents. That is that story about the reckoning that would happen when the master returns. So Jesus follows one story about his return with another story, this time about the judgment and the separation that will occur. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. 
I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wonder if when you were a kid, you ever heard this said to you, just wait until your dad gets home. Or maybe for you, it wasn't your dad. Maybe it was just wait until your mom gets home. When you heard that, you knew that you had to be very afraid. You probably heard that because you had done something wrong. You knew that you were guilty. And when mom or dad came home, it was as if the judge, the executioner was coming and you would receive that sentence. And it probably wouldn't be pleasant. It would be something that you wouldn't like and it would probably hurt. If you've ever had that experience, you're probably taught that the judge, when the judge comes, it's not a pleasant thing. And we learn very early on to kind of be afraid of the punishments that are due to us. If that's the kind of feeling that you have towards judges, then our readings today, I think, might be a little bit difficult for you to truly understand. Our readings are about the end times. They are about the final end when Jesus will come back and he comes as that judge of the living and the dead, or in the metaphor of our Old and Old Testament and Gospel reading of that shepherd who will divide the sheep, the sheep from the goats or the fat sheep from the lean sheep, of the sheep that didn't take care of the others but crowded them out so that they got everything and others got very little. And that shepherd is the judge. The question is, is this meant to be a fearful thing? Is Jesus talking about a subject that we should feel afraid of? Should we have the same kind of feeling in our hearts that we had as kids when somebody said to us, just wait until your gets home? And I think the answer to that has to be No. 
See, here's the thing that our readings are trying to teach us, I believe, is that when a lot of us talk about the end times, and we've talked about that a lot around here, haven't we? We've talked about how the world is kind of falling apart. For many people, that becomes a very scary subject. We immediately go to dark places. We think, okay, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse, and I don't know if I can make it much longer. I don't know if I will be strong enough in order to keep the faith. I don't know what will happen when the Lord comes back because I'm not sure that I deserve the the good ending. I don't know if I will be strong enough to stand on that day. Well, Jesus comes and he changes that story around for us. At least I think he does if we understand everything that comes into play. For Jesus talks about his own return as judge of the living and the dead. But he doesn't just talk about himself as a judge. He talks about himself as a shepherd. Now think about that. Think about Jesus as a shepherd, and what is it that you associate when you think of Jesus as a shepherd? What are the images? What are the stories that come to mind? For me personally, I think about the second Sunday in Easter that's always Good Shepherd Sunday. When we hear about Jesus talking about his love for his sheep and that he would lay down his life for his sheep, He said, others, others come and take care of the sheep, but they don't really care about the sheep. They don't care like Jesus cares because they're just the hired hand. But Jesus is that shepherd who loves his sheep so much that he would lay down his life for them. And his sheep, they know his voice. They listen to him and they come when he calls. Or maybe for you, When you think about Jesus as the shepherd, your thoughts immediately go to that 23rd Psalm. That's a very familiar one. And it is a Psalm that to many of us gives us so much peace. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And as you think about that Psalm, It is a psalm that we hear not only in the regular cycle of our church's uh, readings, But it's a psalm that we very often read in times of death. We read it at funerals because it gives us that comfort to let us know that even when we walk through the darkest places in life, through that valley of shadow of death, to those times and places where we think there is no more hope, if that's what you think about when you think about the end, this darkness, this apocalypse, Jesus promises that he is there. He is there with us, and what is more, he has gone ahead of us, and he will lead us out of that. Is that what you think about when you think about Jesus being the shepherd? I think the Old Testament reading in Ezekiel calls us to think about those things. If you read through Ezekiel and you thought, boy, this sounded an awful lot like the 23rd Psalm, I think you are exactly right. And there, when God talks about how the servant of David would be the one who would be that shepherd, that is none other than Jesus. Remember, Jesus is that true son of David, the one from David's line, from his family, 
who is going to be that king who would rule on the throne forever. When you think about a shepherd, you probably don't immediately think about a judge. You think about all of those other images. But I think the reason why Jesus talks about that final judgment like a shepherd with his sheep is because he wants us to bring all of those pictures together. See, for a lot of us, when we think about judgment, it becomes a very scary thing. We think of the judge as that scary person, and we are afraid of them. But Jesus talks about the judge as the shepherd, so that we would bring all of those feelings, those good and positive feelings we have about Jesus as our shepherd together. So, Think about this. Are you afraid that Jesus is your judge? Or think about it a different way. Are you afraid that Jesus is your shepherd? Absolutely not, we say. Well, then neither should we be afraid that Jesus is our judge. Jesus talks about the division, that judgment that will happen at the end times. And for a lot of us, we get nervous at that. Because he talks a lot about good works. He talks about all of the good things that one side did, but the other side didn't do those things. That's when we start to panic. We say, but will I be able to stand? Will I be on the right or the left? Will I be the sheep or the goats? I don't know. It's here that we like to look closely at the story that Jesus tells about the picture that he gives of that last judgment And it's important to know that the separation happens at the beginning. Before any mention of good deeds or deeds not done are talked about, there is already a separation, a separation between the sheep and the goats. This, I think, is to remind us that on that last day, We don't stand before the Lord on our own merits, on our own good works. We stand before the Lord as his sheep because he has made us his sheep. Because he has called us by name in the waters of baptism. He has made us his children because he, the good shepherd, has laid down his own life for us who were wayward sheep, who get in all sorts of trouble. Jesus is the one who grabs us as those straying, wandering, sinful people. And he brings us into his fold. We are washed clean, washed whiter than snow by his blood that was shed for us. We are his people. We are his sheep by his grace and his grace alone. And so when Jesus talks to those sheep, he talks to them on that basis. But as he continues and says, you did all of these wonderful things. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you saw me. I was poor and you gave to me something to eat. All of the people say, wait a second, we we didn't do those things, Jesus. When did we see you in any of those situations? And when did we do those things? Do you notice that even those people who have done these good works, they're not standing before the Lord and saying, Lord, look at us. Look at how wonderful we are. Look at all of the things that we have done. We deserve that kingdom that you have prepared from the beginning of the world. No. 
They don't do any of those things because they know that that's not why they are in the place that they are. However, they are surprised. Did we really do those things? Did we do them unto you? We, we didn't keep track of them. We weren't keeping a list. Lord, we weren't trying to earn our way into heaven. Those were just things that happened. We just did those things. And Jesus sees those things. He notices. See, we as Christians are put into this world, and we are God's people, given a life of good works to do, good works that have been prepared in advance. And we do them. We do them not because we're trying to earn our way into heaven. We do them not because we're trying to impress anyone. We do them simply because they are there to do. And as God has loved us, and as God has freely given his gifts to us, we want to show that love and care and concern for other people. And so we don't keep a list. We don't keep a record. We don't brag to others, look at all of the good things that we have done. Instead, we simply live our lives under God's grace, and we try to show that grace and love to other people. But the great surprise at the end, Jesus says, is that we did those things unto Jesus himself unto the body of Christ, unto other brothers and sisters in Christ. We did it unto him. And they can't believe it. But I think they also can't believe it because they are probably thinking in the back of their minds, but what about the times we didn't do that? What about the times when we were angry and mean and quarreled and gossiped We didn't help people even though we had the means to. Lord, what about those things? Aren't we punished for them? But again, they are saved by God's grace. They are forgiven. And all of those bad things that they have done, all of the ways that they have fallen short, those are not things that come up at that time of judgment. Why? because they've been washed away, because they have been forgiven. See, a lot of us fear that time of final judgment because we know that we will be before the Lord and all will be made clear. We fear our own sins will be held against us. But what we don't know is we stand before our Heavenly Father. We stand before Jesus as that judge and all of our sins have been washed away. He serves, he sees us as perfect and holy. But what happens with the rest? What happens with those who are already separated and advanced and on the other side, the goats? The Lord says to to them, you didn't do all of these things. You didn't do the things that those other people did. And you know what? I think some of them could rightly state their case and say, Lord, we did do do those things. We did show good works. We did help our fellow man. We did all sorts of wonderful things, Lord. Why aren't you seeing them? Because here, when the Lord stands before those who don't know him, who don't see him in this world, who don't have faith in him, does he see anything good from them? 
he doesn't. He only sees their sin. He only sees their failures, their mistakes. It's almost as if what Jesus said is true, that I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Whenever people hear that, they always laugh and they say, that's funny because it's not true. We can do all sorts of things apart from Jesus. We can do all sorts of things apart from God. Well, you can, I suppose, but are those things eternal? Are those things the kinds of things that last? Or are those things that in that final judgment, when put to the light of Christ, they fall away? They don't count. They don't mean anything. Because all of our good works are ultimately from our faith in Christ. He is the only one who is good. He is the only one who is holy, and he makes all of our works good and holy through his name. Without him, we have nothing. So that shepherd stands as the judge before all people. He divides them, and he divides them ahead of time. Those who have faith in him on one side, those who lack that faith on the other side. Those who have faith in him, they go to inherit that kingdom that has been prepared for them. And those who don't trust in Jesus, who don't believe in him, the greatest irony is that they go not to a place that has been prepared for them, a place of punishment and hell, Rather, they go to the place prepared for whom? For Satan and for all of his angels. See, the truth of the matter is that in this final judgment, God wants none to perish. God did not create a place of condemnation and torture for people. He wants no one to experience that. He does not want to be seen as that evil judge, that judge who is wicked, that judge who is full of wrath and anger, that judge who we are afraid of. Instead, Jesus here, he does want to assure us that there will be a time of judgment, yes, but how should we feel toward the judge? How should we feel in that time of judgment? Well, if the shepherd, that good shepherd is your judge, is my judge, is the judge of all of the world. Then once again, this end time fear thing, it really doesn't have a place, does it? Instead, we look forward to this, this time of revelation, this time of God's kingdom coming in fruition, the time of the resurrection of the dead, the time when there will be no more mourning, there will be no more sadness, no more COVID, no more pandemics, none of this stuff. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are living in the end times, but this is not a time for fear. This is not a time for panic. This is a time for faith. A time for faith in Jesus, who is our Lord, our Savior, our Shepherd, but also our Judge. We need not be afraid. In Jesus' name, amen.
And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. You can continue to hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click Worship on the menu. God's blessings to you this day.